Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of The Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Okay, guys, this morning we're, we're, we've been on a series. Um, we've been on a series titled, the series has been The Dreams of a Continent. And one of the things we established is that God always has dreams about a continent, about a people. God has never really been about just one person in as much as his love is centered his love is personal, yet impersonal. His love is personal for you, but impersonal in the way that his love is collective. So when God wanted to create a race, he brought Adam into the picture, but the dream was not to end with Adam. The dream was through Adam to express the creation and express human race. So Adam was a seed upon which the human race would be built. When it was time for God to establish a nation, God called Abraham into the picture and gave Abraham the dream. So God inspires dream in your heart. God is the source of the, is the dreamer in you, calling you to participate with him in the creation of something beautiful and beyond yourself. When God was going to deliver Egypt, he, he spoke to Moses. Moses, it's time to get the work. Moses excused himself and God said, you're equipped, you're gifted to do the work. And Moses began that journey. So why is it different for us in our generation? If God had used people in the past to restore, redeem cities, communities, nations, why is it different for us? I think that because somewhere along the line, our gospel started to narrow itself for just survival and, and just me, myself, and I. The gospel started to narrow itself for you, and it's really, really part of the crisis we're dealing with today that many of us need to be born again from the born again gospel that we received. A gospel that puts you in a place where you needed survival and you needed, you literally were praying for God to do for you what God came to redeem you to do for yourself. So here is the mystery of the gospel, right? If you go back in time, um, you see a picture of man that is very different from the picture of man as you know it now. So let's go back in time, right? Today we're talking about how do you create a better future? How do you create, how do you change your world? If you're here... I can ask you a question. What is that thing that you're not pleased about your life? Possibly you have a job you're not very happy with. Your business isn't doing so great. You want it to do 10x, right? Your business isn't doing so You want it to do 10x. Or perhaps it's not even about the business. Maybe somewhere along the line, you just don't have relational equity. You just find yourself lonely and alone. Maybe let's not talk about lonely and alone because, um, you know, it's not like you don't want love. Love just haven't found you. So let's move on to another part of this whole equation. You just might find there is something about you that you want to change concerning your marriage, concerning your life. Now here is the mystery. If you know the original design of man, you would have changed it. If you are living in the consciousness of how God created man, you will not be a slave to circumstances. You will never be a captive to that which you can conquer. But we've been educated out of our divinity. We've been conditioned out of our consciousness. So you and I are slaves to a world we are meant to lead. The servants are working on our riding our horses, and we are working like slaves. The servant of you, the man that is the ego that is always calling you to say, so how do we reclaim this gospel? How do we expand it? So Genesis 1 verse, I'll read a bit from Genesis 1, and it's an entire backdrop, Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2. We're going to establish some principles there. But in Genesis 1, we find that God came to the world, and the world was, the Bible spoke about it, Genesis 1 verse 1, who is on the, on the, the Easy worship or whatever software, please give us Genesis 1, verse 1. What we find there is that they say God created the heavens and the earth, but there was something he stated that the earth was what without form and void. So picture the world without form and void. You know, form and void is, might be the circumstance of our lives, even in this season or the last season. What do you do with void and chaos? Many people would rather complain because culture has told them you're meant to complain that things should be perfect. God did not complain. That, oh, God didn't say, oh, this world is too dark. 
I don't need this darkness in my life. I can't deal with this world. It should have used some more lights. Oh, nobody's there to put the lights. Come on, there's water everywhere. I don't want to be a part of this. This is messy. It's murky. I'm not doing. I have to leave. God didn't criticize. He didn't complain. God spoke. And yes, if you are talking about the circumstances of Nigeria, if your response is to criticize, you're trying. If your response is to complain, you're trying. But may I shock you? None of those are your call. You're not called to criticize or complain. There's a higher call. You're called to create. So the chaos is waiting for creators. And creators don't adapt themselves to circumstances. They adapt circumstances to themselves. So God started to speak. If you look at one, every creative blueprint is there. He moved upon the face of the deep. Let there be light. Let there be this. And everything started to take shape. And this morning, how do you change your world? And I can say that if you are, let's talk about financial states. I know many people, because prosperity gospel took it above board, people tend not to want to talk about it, but there is a reality that being broke is not part of God's plan for your life. It's a choice. It's a really choice you make. God didn't intend it to be so. Okay, I will even be careful with this one. Right? Even the state of your health on a level, God intended it to be better. So here is the thing. God, the only, the God's primary goal was to bring dead men to life. He has done that. Now, the quality of life we live is tied to our consciousness. It's no longer on him, more about us. But I can tell you that many of us participated in living the circumstances that in this, without being deliberate, because we're not intentional, some things crept into our lives that we're not having to struggle with. There are three types of consciousness that we know. There's something called the subconsciousness, consciousness, and what we call the unconscious. Collective unconscious. But let's talk about subconsciousness. Subconsciousness is very, very lethal because you don't even know that it's there. It's called subconscious. So it's beneath consciousness, but it's more the ground. It's more the foundation than anything else. And there are many things you and I may have been programmed to believe that are not true, but here to believe it. Even the principles upon which you build your life can be faulty and you will never know. Let's talk about how some of our parents told us to marry from a tribe is a crime because hijabu men are stingy. But I've met some generous ones. Where is honorable for a second? But of course, we need more generosity. But again, you could easily buy into that myth. Maybe not a myth. An experience. You could even buy into someone's experience. Or they said evil men like money. Yet I've met a few who are not driven by, by, by greed. I've met a few who are not driven by, driven by greed. But do you know the average, this, when they say Igbo, Igbo, Nigerians saying it is speaking something to you. So there are many things, and if you don't understand it, and you're subconscious, you have built something there that is affecting your quality of relationship, but you don't know. Let me tell you for a fact, if you were raised in a broken home or by a single parent, you might have an idea of marriage that might be incomplete if you're not careful. You might come to the table thinking men as comes if you're not careful. Because your father abandoned you, you think all men are wicked and walk away. So when the man comes to knock on the doors of your heart, he remains sealed and locked because your father never showed up and you expect him to take a walk. But that man might just be the real deal. But your traumas have built a subconscious belief system that men has come. You might never say it to yourself, but it will predict your every action and every move. You will profile people to the prism of your subconsciousness. You profile them to your false belief system, whether accurate or not. So guess what? If you're suffering, you're not suffering from your circumstances, you're suffering from your belief. You understand? 
You're suffering from it. But the point is, if we know that beliefs are that powerful, why, why don't we flip it? Why don't we flip it in a way that can empower us, not disempower? Because if you don't flip it, you remain... And anxiety is unnatural to the man that is recreated in Christ. So if we're dealing with anxiety, let me tell you why anxiety is going to mess you up. Somewhere in your life, you're not sure about your future and about God's love. So you want to take control of everything. So you know the problem. Anxiety will now tell you that I can't leave it to chance. And many people today who wait, I'm coming, and they never came back. A parent was saying, I'm coming, oh, and that was 20 years. He was going abroad that night. And nobody saw him for 20 years. You now start seeing letters that daddy has been away. Your mind might be programmed that anybody that tells you, I'm coming. Yeah, he's going. Only Nigerians can understand that, you know. <laughs> I'm coming. But you did go. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. He's 18. But my point is that, my point is that, that you might just not know, but you've built into that consciousness that somebody shouldn't leave you. So you control people. And it's not because you want to be controlling. Your subconscious has built into it that to be in charge is the safest way to live life. So leave your emotions not to any man. So please, please, please. Uh, they just call you to the team. You say, please, let me tell you how things are going to work. No, they just added you to the WhatsApp group. But you just said, guys, there will be a few rules here. No posting randomly. We must be clear what the goals are. But you, you, it has become your personality, your nature now. So that's the way you show up in life. You are unable to connect with people because somewhere along the line, you're afraid that connection is vulnerability and is pain. Every connection has a potential to hurt you, but it has a potential to heal you. So you shut yourself out. Let me tell you one of the mystery, one of the greatest crises of our generation is certainty. People think that certainty is a, spirit, is a spiritual thing. Let me shock you. you. Know what certainty means? Certainty somehow means that um, I must study medicine. Medicine is the only option for me. After medicine, I must work in Shell. Shell has to be it. After Shell, I must be MD of Shell. MD of Shell Hospital. You know, the hospital today. So I'm MD of Shell Hospital. Then after that, you want to, you know, I, I must be America. Now, there is a problem. If your certainty is rooted in a lack of faith, you will always be manipulated by your insecurities. The opposite of faith is not uncertainty. In fact, when you process it, the opposite of faith is certainty. Faith calls you to anchor on God, not on circumstances, not on options. So that is not, do you know, I remember somebody who tried to travel abroad, they denied him visa three years. His life was a wreck. Because Jam had jammed him three times. And now visa jammed him. So he just shut down. He will move around, stay, go back home. Everybody started to keep distance because you have to be careful now. You understand? Things are not, the world, is, the world hates him. So my point is this. Certainty means that if, if the visa doesn't come, Today, ah, God has failed me. I must, my village people are working something. Do you know you're really, really in a grip of faithlessness? Because you must understand when God proposed to Abraham, God never told Abraham, if I don't take you to Canada, you will never be great. He said, I will make you a great nation. The making was the person, not the place. And wherever you show up, will take on the life of what you are. Just hold on. And just go Canada, finish. One day you wake up, you see traffic. You say, what's happening here? You understand? You'll be so surprised. You'll, not be, you'll be going to shop. Nobody in the queue again. You know, I said, please, something is happening in our country right now. There is people are no longer following line because our lines can no longer be, be straight. Have you seen tile? I was supervising tile one time. The thing just could not be straight. The, no, it was tile. The thing just, I was like, brothers, you say it's straight now. You know, see line? The thing was coving. So my point is, my point is that there is something that has been built into the 
it's us without this environment. We carry it. And you're going to places you don't understand that. You are, if you're not conditioned to understand that, you're enough. A place can make you any more greater than you are. So the faction, foundation of your greatness, the moment you buy into the fact that you're not complete, you start chasing everything to complete you. And that is what it is. So when we talk about certainty, certainty means that, and it's a bit tricky because yes, we're called to have vision and goals, we're called to do that. But there is a thin line between you and that's giving room for the flexibility and the dynamism that follows that. Because there is something called serendipity. Some of the goals you will set might not be the goals you are going for. Something along the line that will be more rewarding will come along. But you must find fulfillment and contentment even as it unfolds. Your ex left you. Don't think God has closed the door on marriage. He was not the one. You understand? But certainty will tell you, I must bring him back by fire by force. Certainty will tell you they stole my husband. Somebody that made his choice to leave you was stolen. He left. So certainty will not let you rest. You'll be saying, he didn't leave. Somebody programmed because my elder sister's boyfriend, that's how he broke. They are breaking everybody's boyfriend. Now lie. My brother, he left. Sister, she left. Whatever the case, just stay on the fact that you are enough. Don't then start to look for a sense that, oh, I need him to come back. Go and be looking for prophets. The prophet will collect money, become your prayer partner. So in seven days, he will call you. <laughs> and the call that he will call you, you have to be careful because this call will be the beginning of the call. So, see, certainty is too small to live life because God is the God for whom all things are what? Possible. Not a God for whom one thing alone is possible. It's your culture that conditions you to think that this is auto. I met somebody one day at the airport. She was supposed to be studying medicine, but she didn't do too. Her grades were not so great, so they moved her to like microbiology. Something like, you know those courses that are near? <laughs> you know, so they moved her. So do you know, months when I saw her at the airport, she was still telling me that, um, you know, I really need to get, uh, I really feel like if, I'm, if I don't get this doctoral degree, I probably won't be fulfilled. I said, okay, that's nice. It's, if you feel it so, if you want it so badly, you should go for it. But may I tell you, if you feel that your doctor will fulfill your complete, you lie. Fulfillment is not in another degree. Do you know the funny part? I listened to an interview with of Lil Wayne recently. The guy was lamenting. Like, I don't even know about life. I don't even know if I'm getting it right. I don't even know. I don't know what's, what's all this. Baba, do you know how many people want to be you? How many upcoming just standing there for one hit? And you are saying that, I'm just tired, I don't know about life. The, you know, they, they met, there was a time Madonna wrote this thing, Madonna. You know Madonna now? Yeah. I know you guys, all of you born in the 1890s, there used to be someone called Madonna. She was a big deal. She was a big deal. But, well, you know what she said? There's one Vanity Fair article, she stated something like this. She said uh, um, that every, after every performance, the stadium is filled up. She's doing all the drama. She goes back home depressed. She said, after every high, to go home alone is almost like, ah, that's the peak you will ever be. And so that every day you're looking for a voice that is trying to sound like you. That, that girl, she's copying me. That's my line. You'll be looking for your line in every song when there's abundance. You understand? No, and even if you're, if you're coming from scarcity, you hold one song, the song will die in your hand. You understand? You be, because you've been saying, in that, that song, no, no, no I, I must own it, you will kill it. And some of you, your own business idea is not, it's not the, it's the one to just get you a profile. So you can now start packaging more. Not packaging, no package that's taken on the own meaning. So you can start building, building more. So at the end of the day, 
if you're not careful, you get into the point where you hold one business idea, the thing will die in your hand because you want to be 100% owner of a failed company. Scarcity is programming you. So you must understand that once you start knowing the things of the spirit, you expand. I'm saying there are many things today in our belief system that are not serving us well and why we are not showing up in many ways because we've bought into a lie, many lies. What we believe about marriage, you know, if you are not careful, you jump into marriage and you say, it's not for me, it's hard. Or you say, it's, it, it was not good for my mental health. And when you check out, do you know how many times your mother checked in so that you could have a home? But our generation is becoming a bit conditioned so that we, we don't know the, you know, the fruit of the spirit called long-suffering is not quite one of it for us now. Yeah. We don't subscribe to long-suffering. We subscribe to joy. <laughs> it's peace. You understand? Love. But brother, do you know that one of the growth, one of the environment to grow your ability to love is to put in your lovables? Yeah. People that will take your shirt and wear it and dirty it back and put it back. You understand? So why that will borrow money and not just pay and just traveling? I thought you didn't have money just now. You're sitting there on the plane. You know, I thought you were broke. He said, I did not pay me. That business, they're still in my check now. So at the end of the day, you will realize Every life today is not playing according to the script that God intended in as much as God has given us this. I've come to give you life and everything in abundance. But we are not oftentimes functioning in abundance. So yes, the quality of life you live is more your creation than Christ. Keep that in mind. The quality of the life you're living now is less dependent on Christ because he has done what he needs to do, but more your consciousness to come into the awareness of all that he has done. So if you don't understand that which he has done for you, the inheritance that is yours, you can't take it. So how do you take spiritual principles and convert it? So Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you do have the mic, I think you should, you should give us a good read. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll read that I just stepped out. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, if, if it's your day today, it's your day today. No, 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 if it's your day today. The Lord said it's your day today. If we... Okay, so I, I want us to um, keep our attention on from 24, he's already reading, um, describing creation. So I remember I told you God came on the scene. He saw darkness. He saw chaos. He didn't say what a dark world this is. Give me some whiskey. This world is a mess. I have to get out. God didn't say that. God got to work. But let's look at 26 um, from verse 26. If you read from there. Genesis 1, 26. Okay, what about your own? Okay, you're streaming your phone. Okay. Okay. The throne is yours, sir. Genesis 1, verse 26. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry, let me just get my glasses. One sec. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. Where should I stop, sir? I think it's just 28. We can stop at 28. All right. Genesis 1, 26. It reads, and I quote, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In, his, in the image of God created he him. 
male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And he said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. May the Lord bless the reading of, of his, his word. word. Amen. Amen. Whew. I know you guys don't want it to end. <laughs> As some point, said, now the same Bible they read because it was getting more, dra more dramatic or more animated. So you're like, well, guys, now the question from this reading is, why did God make us in his image? Anybody? Did you see that there? Why did God make us in his image? Anybody? He stated it too. It was so explicit. God made us in his image. See, if you go to 26, then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and it's so that they may rule. So guess what? God gave us the image and likeness that he has so that we will rule. He goes on to state what the rule is, not ruling over each other. That one is a broken man's view. But I rule over the birds of the air and all of those things. So the context of this is that you and I have been given a certain sovereignty over the affairs of earth. You and I have been called to, to carry something that God is. God made us in his image, and in that image, there is the capacity to dominate, to rule. So guess what? God does not allow, circumstances does not consume God. God actually overcomes circumstances. We read from that scripture, the one that's um, in Psalms, when it says, um, ye are gods. Matthew, go there, let's, let's pull that out. Yeah, Psalm, Psalm 82, verse 6. It says, ye are gods, but there's something you'll read from that that is very important. What I need you to keep in mind here, we're going to 2, verse 5. So, uh, Mr. P., um, so let's go to 2. Psalm 82. No, no, Genesis 2, 5, but uh, Martin, skip on Genesis, uh, Psalms 82, verse 6. You are on Genesis 2, verse 5. Okay. Well, what I want us to establish here is God made you and I in his image and likeness so that you will have dominion, rule, subdue the earth, and it was deliberate. When God created man and God went on sabbatical, have you ever wondered why God went on rest? After the seventh day, after man just showed up, God rested. Why did he rest? Because in man, God was going to continue the work of creation. Mm. Man was now the one that would amplify, express all that God is in the world because God had come alive even in man. So when God did something, he breathed. It wasn't air, he breathed himself. So in man was the essence and the substance that God is. And you must keep that in mind because Paul was expressing it and saying that, see, that is why he took a son to redeem a son. If man was not carrying the essence of God, a God didn't need to die to free man. To see that the cost of the worth of man's life was the price that was paid. Only a kind can redeem a kind. Mm. Understand? And that was why the sacrifice ended all sacrifice. Up on that time, bulls and ram can try, but never quite got to the point. It took one life because the, 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 the essence, that which was sacrificed, was the ultimate price to redeem all of human race. So guys... Two things you must take away from here. Man is made in the image and likeness of God. So because God is a creator, man is a co-creator. Say, I'm a co-creator. I'm a co-creator. Now, this is very important because in the last decades of doing church and doing, doing life, Christianity has told us we are redeemed. Christianity has told us we are restored. Christianity has told us we are saved. Christianity has told us we are anointed. Christianity has told us we are supernatural. But Christianity has never quite opened the layer of the fact that we are creators. Is not something that is commonplace, but yet it is the very core. The first dimension of God we saw was a creator. Yeah. In Genesis 1, God did not reveal himself as a healer. Because where there is a creator, there is no need for healing. 
So we are now having to get adjusted to reaction, living in a world that is falling, rather than create the world of ideal that God intended. Right, so are you reacting in life or are you creating in life? There is no, there are just two options. You are either reacting to circumstances or you're creating and imposing on it. So we've established here. Now let's look at, one thing I want you guys to keep in mind, everything God was saying, let there be light, and he spoke, let there be, let there be the ocean, let there be the land, oh grass, comfort, oh fishes, comfort. Now go Genesis 2, verse 5. Okay, should I read? Yes, I'm reading yes. from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Yeah. So Genesis 2 verse 5, it reads, and I quote, No shrub or plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. Okay, this is one of the principles. We are getting close to the principles, and I'll be very careful around it. I don't want you guys to miss it. Something is being stated here that will shock you if you get a hang on it. First of all, in Genesis 1, we saw all God did. Man was created in Genesis 1, 26. We just read it. God created man in his image and likeness, created he there, male and female. And the Lord said, let I have dominion, subdue the earth, and the Lord blessed them. And we come to Genesis 2, verse 5. He said, no, 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 no. And if you go to 24, you see that God has spoken, let there, be, let there be trees, let there be grasses. And he said the grasses, there was grasses, there were trees. So everything that was being stated was actually, a creation was happening. And yet we come to Genesis 2, 5 and we say there was none. Mm. So what's the disconnect here? How come in Genesis 1 we see a world created and Genesis 2 we enter a world yet not mm. manifested? Because things are first created before they are manifested. Mm. And that's where that's the disconnect. So the first principle of understanding reality or changing the nature of reality in your life is understand the dimension of creation and manifestation. Mm. What has been created and what has been manifested. So it says man has been. So there are two dimensions. There are two. This cosmos. Cosmos. <laughs> that one, right? Yes. This cosmos has two realms: the realm of physical and the realm of the spirit. Everything that God was speaking in Genesis one was not physical. It was a spiritual creation that was happening. Genesis 2.5 says now, all God had done, God had spoken. Guess what? Man already had been created in that realm. But man was not physically present. So let's read 7. Okay, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. And the Lord God planted a garden east in the east. east, in the Eden. Can okay. I go on? No, no, no. We paused there. Mm. Guys, are you tracking on this? Yes, so what are we seeing here now is getting more interesting. First of all, we made an establishment. Genesis 1 verse 1, God created, but it was a creation that had not manifested in time. In Genesis 2, we see the physical expression of all that had been in the realm of the spirit. So God now started, so this is now the formation of man. So Genesis 2, 7 said God formed man, right? So God formed man from the dust of the earth and God breathed something into man. Now what God breathed into man was that which he created in 1, 2, 7, 1, 2, Genesis 1, verse 26. So God breathed something in man and man became a living soul. So I need an example. Ezel, come. Um, who is going to help us? I need a... Teresa, come. So you have to be sitting in front because I like that you sit in front. Okay, so... No, the lady has to be the spirit. 
so we can be politically correct. Okay, so um, let's, this is Genesis 1 verse 26. The Lord had, the Lord made in the image and likeness of man. So what was made in the image and likeness of man was not flesh. It was this essence. So something is, was made in the image and likeness of man, right? And then this is it. There is this part where God formed and God breathed into this and this came alive. But theologians are separate on how these dynamics work. Some people today define you here. Our education did not begin here. Education started here. This is called Newton model of existence. The Newtonian model, matter. The formation of the flesh. So this is Isaac Newton's idea of life, that life is physical, life is matter. Matter is all there is. Atheists, they are stuck here. The atheist worldview is that all, this is all there is. If you cannot see it, if you cannot rationalize it, if you cannot think it, that's be logical. So everything about the atheist is rooted in the fact that my reality cannot transcend what I can feel, touch, smell, see. So this is what it is. And even seeing and all that we know, rooted in this understanding, if your identity is found in this place, your identity will never be full. Because the real man is not this man. The real man is this. This is a house. So when Paul was talking about that, see, think about it, you are the place where God dwells. Where does God dwell? He was speaking of this house as a suit, that this man is not the real man, but yet culture tells us, this is culture. Culture tells you you are here. So this man starts out life trying to attain, acquire, accomplish, achieve. Because you become when you achieve, you become when you acquire, you become when you attain. So all that you need and all that you want is rooted in this place. Right Now, this particular man is the breath of God. And I told you the Greek word for this is called roar. So roar, actually the revelation of roar is actually not necessarily air. It's actually spirit. So what God did was he breathed a spirit from him into this place. Isaiah 51 verse 1 gave us a picture of this relationship. Isaiah 51 verse 1 says, look to the rock from which you came. And what Isaiah 51 was saying that this man air eh, was God cut off. That's what Isaiah was saying. He said, this was like God cut off something from himself. Elohim just shared a part of himself and put here. So that this man is not conscious of himself here doesn't mean he doesn't carry it. So born again was the awakening of that which you were. That's why it's called born again. It was because there was a born before. You understand? But he breathed this. So if your own definition, so this is what the spirit man is. The spirit man, Matthew, read that part. That one we said, Psalms 82. Yeah. So we, we have established something. This is where people don't understand. If you're, you're fighting reality from here, it's too limited. Here is too late in the day. This place is a relic of the past. This place is an artifact of the future. Like it is, you know what they call an artifact or a relic? It's, it's already frozen in time. So it's already, this is an effect. This is a cause. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause, effect. So you want to effect this. If you're fighting here, you're, this is actually where you effect. This is consciousness. It takes on an understanding of who you are. You have arrived on this place. Matthew, read. Yeah, the Passion Translation. Didn't I commission you as judges, saying you are all like gods, since you judge on my behalf? You are all like sons of the Most High, my representatives. Okay, read on. Nevertheless, in death, you are nothing but mere man. You'll be laid in the ground like any prince and you will die. 
Arise, all rise for God. For God now takes his place as judge of all the earth. Don't you know that everything and everyone belongs to him? The nations will be sifted in his hands. Okay, so Jesus quoted this scripture and got into trouble. Yep. Because the synagogue could not handle the fact that man had something that God shared with man. So what God gave you was not just flesh. What God gave you was himself in flesh. So when Peter said we are partakers of the divine nature, what does it mean to partake of something called divine? You know, we read the Bible, but we don't read it. Because we've been conditioned not to take revelation. So it becomes too shocking for you. So you stay at the point that, no, Peter said we are partakers of a divine nature. Do you know this guy? They will send apron or send handkerchief. That was what they were doing. They would send handkerchief and he was catching. Like people were getting healed. You understand? One of them was just passing one day. The shadow, of, the shadow fell on something. What was it? Something came back in life that was always here. That started to power this man. And this man became a powerhouse. This man now became relevant and alive because this is life. This is, a, this is effect. So we tend to want to change reality from here. You missed the point. So another one, do you know somebody touched the hem of Jesus' garment and something moved and entered. And he said, this is the mystery. Something departed. My virtue departed, right? It did not only happen to Jesus. As he is in this world, so are we. Jesus' garment healed, but so did and Paul's handkerchief. So did Peter's shadow or Paul's shadow. It was, it was a common place in their life because they realized when Paul said, no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Paul was stating this. He was stating clearly that this is the mystery that you have, you have been nailed to the cross. The consciousness that you once were have been nailed to the cross. A new guy came to town called a new creation. And that new creation is now the guy that is in town. And that new creation is as much Christ as Christ was in Jesus. And that he was no less. So in that new creation, you can speak, you can, you can lay hands, you can do amazing stuff, you can bring back life, you can speak. So if you don't understand the power of the new birth realities that you have here, circumstances will conquer you, keep you limited. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17, let's read that. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul was also speaking to this relationship. He said, if any man be... No, I think we need to backtrack a little though. If we go down to 16 and pull it up until 18, you see what the way he described this man and yourself. So, so you can actually determine when you want a child. Mm-hmm. 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 You can. Yeah. No, we're getting there. <laughs> you will determine it and I'll tell you. I've done some spiritual... You will choose anything. Yeah. You can actually determine... uh, You can determine how much you earn. Yeah. Guys, we're getting there. Mm. We're getting there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But that might be part two. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... No, let's backtrack to 16. 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Paul, what did Paul define? Paul said, henceforth... Your definition of yourself should ah, not be rooted in the flesh. This flesh. Henceforth, no, no man after this. This is where all your lust is here. It's here. No, no man after this place. All your greed is here. The problem is the little man. This man is the problem. Go on. Yeah, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Mm. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's, he's a, a new, new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Right, so let's establish this. uh, We've made one very principle. Man is made in the image and likeness of God. It wasn't so much that God gave man his image, 
God imprinted into man certain qualities that God has in himself. The same way God's word carry power, man's words can carry power. So to be made in the image and likeness of God is just a, it's not just a metaphor, it's a reality that sometimes God is only as powerful in your life as you let him. And the devil is only as powerful in your reality as you let him. The question is, who will you align with? Because there is always going to be something to align for. So we see the picture. The second picture is that life exists on two realms. So if you're writing, take the first one. Man made in image and likeness of God. God is a creator, therefore man is a co-creator. And every man can participate with God in creation of his future. Your future is yours to create, not just predict. The future is created. If you're a spiritual person, you create it. The second context of this is that the, the cosmos exists on two dimensions. There is the physical and the spiritual. The spiritual context is the source. This is the effect. So every realm of existence, Hebrews 11 verse 3 said it. Let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 6, 3. And I think 2 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 4, 18 or thereabouts. But they gave us a picture. They said the word, are you there? 2 Corinthians 4. No, let you, you do 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Do um, Hebrews 11 verse 3. I'm going to wrap up on this. It's going to be very quick. Hebrews 11, 3. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Are you there? Yes. Mm, read. Should I backtrack so that? So, say, because 17 says, for our light affliction. No, no, no. Back, um, back, okay, back, I think it's 18. Yeah, it's 18 that says, okay, while ahead. we look not. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things yes, which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are uh, eternal. So, pause there. He's saying that this is it. There are two dimensions. Everything we see in earth is created from that which we do not see. So that that which we do not see is the source. And this is a reflection. This is the reference. So what it means is that for you to be broke, there is something here that rooted, brokenness has rooted inside of you. For you to actually be sad and depressed, depression has taken hold of this. And sometimes a sick soul plays out in a sick body. And you don't understand that the body is the cause. The soul is the cause, the body is the effect. Something is dead that is twisting it that we need to get out of the way. So if you're understanding that this, there are two realms, the unseen governs the sin. Why are you letting the sin to define you? Let's read Hebrews 11, 6. Uh, Hebrews 11, um, six, 3. Six, three. Mm. It reads, and I quote, um, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Mm. By faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence yeah. in the power, the wisdom, and the goodness of God, mm. we understand that the worlds, the universe, and ages were framed and created, yeah. formed, put in order. Keep an eye on that too. Again, formed, no, this part, yeah. The formed, universe and the world was created, created and put in order. Yeah, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. Hmm. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Okay, keep an eye. Paul, is, the writer of Hebrew, we don't know the writer of Hebrew, said something that that which is seen was made by that which is not seen. Now, if you're in product development, right? My wife is here, it's media. If you're in tech, usually your products, if you're taking a product to market, I've done this analogy before, but for people who are, I'll just do it quickly again. Victor, come, please. Um, AB, come. No, no, okay, sorry, I think. AB, come, I need two of you. So let's just play a picture, let's just create a, an analogy. So this is, um, if you're at the point where you are shaping um, a product, first of all, there is, Mona, no fear. Sorry, guys. Okay, there is first a concept, right? So this is what is called concept or precepts. Your concept is saying, I want to do an app where I, I want to solve transport problem. People are stranded. I want to solve transport problem. 
So that concept comes as an idea, right? And that idea is the first life given to it, is a thought. So every thought has a purpose. It can either serve to power you or disempower you. That's why we're meant to take every thought captive, but the thought comes, let's solve a problem for traffic. So you move from this to define it. When you move from here, you're answering the question, w, five W's and one H. So how will this solving transport problem come? We will make an app. Okay, how will the app work? People will download it. Why do they download it? They need to be paid. It will be an app for drivers, right? So you define it after you dimension it, it arrives here. Once you dimension it, you have a form and a structure, right? Now, the next thing you do a prototype. You build it into a prototype. A prototype is the first dimension of the, is the first visible expression of the product after the, after the fleshing out the concept. Once this, this prototype is ready, you do your beta testing and everything, clean out your box, product is ready to launch. You have a product in the market. Now, many of us tend to change products, but you don't understand that this is a relic. It's an artifact, it's too late in the day. If there was an error here, the error will carry itself here. The error will remain here and the error will be here. Why are you fighting this man? This place is already, is a, it's actually a shadow. This dimension of reality is unreality. This dimension of reality is late. So if you want to change this state, and it plays out for you. So if you, let's talk about maybe um, relationship. In this place, you believe so, there's a concept about relationship not being for you because you're raised in a broken home. You live here, either dilly darling, trying and always looking for what's wrong. You magnify every flaw. The reason why you're magnifying every flaw is because this place is called a belief system. And it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it will constantly hold you, taking you captive. So you enter here, you get into the point where this man has predicted your outcome. In this place, you're already weak. You cannot see beyond this man. You're defined by your experience. You cannot see beyond your experience. Your experience becomes your truth. And you don't understand there's a bigger reality other than the truth. So you get in prison. Now, there's a time when this truth can serve you. But there are times when it doesn't. If it doesn't serve you, you're in trouble. So you get into this place now. This one is now the prototype. You've started to form it and dress it and package it. But once you don't get, once you get here, it's too late. You change here, move here, move here. So this is the four principles of changing your reality. The first principle is here. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you and I must first of all understand that, that this is a realm of reality. Your thoughts are creative. Your thoughts are creating. Your thoughts, your thoughts can be sent on an errand. So if you don't come here with the thoughts that can empower you, you say, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of good reports, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. So even Paul was deliberate about profiling what should be our thoughts and what should not be our thoughts. Our thoughts was never meant to disempower you. Choose your thoughts. If they disempower you, jettison it. If they empower you, take it. You can actually determine now where you want to actually win. So once you get to these four principles here, I would redefine it. So move away from product and all these things. Let's see if these four dimensions, there is thought, there is imagination, there is words. I'll put those, I'll keep it three. So there is thoughts, there is imagination. Maybe I'll call hearts and words. Let's, let's keep it four. So there is words, there is, there is thoughts, there is imagination, there is hearts, and there is words. All these four are divinity. The way God made us and God functions like this, you are functioning every day with this. But you're not deliberate. So you are miscreating. But God is wise. He creates. That was why Jesus didn't say Lazarus was dead. He said Lazarus is sleeping. Because he didn't want to seal the deal. 
In saying Lazarus is dead, it was almost like he was validating it. He knew that I would give it life if I speak it. When he told them that, look at this mountain, curse it. And people were saying, but why did he curse something? And he wasn't in his season. He was teaching them the principle of words. That your words can give life or they can kill. So your thoughts here, we have, this part may not always be your design because you were born into a thinking framework. Your, 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 your family framed you, everything framed you. If they disempower you, trouble. So once you get to this point, you have to then, your imagination is also a factory for reality. Genesis 11:6 6 said, nothing is impossible to them that which they've imagined to do. So that if you can see it, you can take it. God saw the earth in Genesis 1, verse 1 to the end, and created it in Genesis 2. What are you seeing that you're creating? Why is your life void? He spoke about life as seed. What are you seeding? Now, let me tell you a fact. When you get to the heart, the heart is also a womb. Meditate on it. Yeah. This is where you internalize it. I am worthy of affection. I am worthy of love. One of the fundamental principles of success is that you must believe you can succeed. If you don't believe you can succeed, forget to you're escorting others. So if you believe you can succeed, eh, and that's what the gospel, any gospel that makes you a criminal is not good news. Any gospel that invalidates your existence is not good news. Do you know what Jesus said? I have come that to take you from the kingdom of darkness to light. How do we preach gospel that is keeping people in darkness? The day you hear the gospel, you feel, you feel unworthy. It's a lie. The gospel is a declaration of your worth in Christ. It says you're worthy of God's affection, you're worthy of God's inclusion. God made you a child, made you a part of him. So the gospel knows that if your heart knows you are saved, your heart can produce. We are producing wrongly because our heart is wrong. And these principles are universal. They don't necessarily play because you speak in tongues. See, somebody who is actually not a Christian can apply the right principle and in the right way and it will work right for him. And a Christian can apply the principle in the wrong way and the right principle will produce wrong results. That is why we are conditioned to, that's it, the right principle applied in the wrong way will produce the wrong result. Our prayers, if our prayers are disempowering us, your prayers are about preventing disease, preventing falling, your prayers are always damage control or crisis management. No, don't be wasting words, send them. So let me tell you one of the principles. Habakkuk gave us one principle. God, the prophet said, write it what? Write the vision and make it plain. He that runs, he that reads will run, that reads it. Because the moment you write it, you've given it permission to run. Yes, and it will come back to you as reality. See, guys, this is my life. 2018, we had a bad, a bad experience. One regulation came and killed the business. Then for six months, we were using savings to run the, salary, the company. It was piling. But the man of faith that I am, I was still waiting for something to turn. And I remember this principle, write it all. I went back and I started to describe, no, 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 no. I'm not called to Gabi. I'm not called to lead a place that dies. I give life. So I started to speak. I see the business come to life. I started to speak again what I wanted to see. You can actually speak a baby into existence. First of all, you must see it. In your, you must hold that thought that it's possible. In this place, you must actually see it, see the baby, make it look like you, make it finer, finer than you. Yeah. If you're ugly, let it look like mother. You know? <laughs> then when you get to this place, your heart meditates the possibility that the child is yours even when you don't have a womb. Yes, and then in this place, write it down, speak it. As you wake up in the morning, I carry babies in my hands, cute and beloved, looking like, you know, describe it. Everything you want to change in your life, these four principles will deliver it in one month. Something that 10 years of prayer has not done for you, this will do it in a week. No, challenge it, guys. This is why a lot of people feel churches never change anything. 
And yet we think that this thing is it's real because the 21st century church must embody the principles. We must never be suspicious of them like, okay, what is this? No, Jesus applied everything here. This is God's model. He showed up in Genesis. You saw it. He created everything and Genesis 2, they manifested. You create in your thoughts. You create in your imagination. You create in your heart. You speak it in your words and then you manifest it in your reality. Healing, you create it in your thoughts. You sit in your imagination. You're working well. I don't know how long it would take, but if you sustain it, you will see it faster. Because life is a war of consciousness. Everything around you is trying to dilute this thing. You see it here. You see, you see if you want to see your desire to study and grow the spiritual gifts, see it. Talk, think about it. Then, you know what? See yourself laying hands on the sick. See yourself doing that. Then meditate on it. Let it take roots in your heart. Structure your belief system, your subconscious. See it and then speak it. These hands will raise the dead, heal the sick. If you want to see yourself study the word of God, write it to, I study daily. And you're not writing in the past continuous, you're not writing in past tense or writing in the future, like it's going to happen. Write as it is. You are speaking because you're the first prophet of your life. Right? Your words in your life will be more powerful than any prophet's life, words in your life. If you key into this, God did not make us begging spirits. He made us speaking spirits. We carry life. We are kings and priests. To the first century church, this is Christianity. You must let your thoughts be a prayer of the possibilities of God, piercing into the supernatural, bringing things in the realm of the spirit into time. These four dimensions are conversion factor. They convert spiritual realities into earthly things. They deploy reality from here into here. They pull things down from the regard, downloading. You download thoughts of possibility. The inheritance is yours, but are you working in it? Are your thoughts aligned to the fact that the inheritance is yours? Is your imagination seeing the possibility of you taking the inheritance? Is your heart meditating and believing that it is yours? Are you speaking it and taking it and laying hold of them? Jesus spoke about it. He said, before the foundations of the earth, the sun was slain. God knew that if he didn't slay him then, it would be hard to kill him then. So God self-applied this. He said, foundation, oh, he had done it so that he could walk in it. And the principle played out. He's, Jesus said it. Jesus taught it. For Jesus to even die, he had to meditate it. Yeah. Because he said no man could have killed the son of man. He, laid it, he had to meditate it. Gethsemane was meditation. You understand? And he, he spoke it. The day he spoke it, Peter said, Lord, please, never. He said, get behind me, Satan. Right? He rebuked Peter. What are you speaking in your life? What jobs are you speaking? What's the economy you're speaking? But Nigeria comes to invade your, your consciousness. Makes you speak this country, God forbid. Buhari again. We don't get a leader. Oh. Nobody they lead us for this country. Oh. This country don't Dabaru. Like you're only you saying the things that are not serving you well. Your words are a mission. You're sending them. This is part one. Clap for them, please. Please, please, please. Guys, we can't dive too deep, right? But this is what I want us to do as we pray. Rejoice. This is what I want us to do as we pray. Where are you in your life? What is that thing you want to change? Is it your job? Is it your business? Have you written it? Love can find you again. If you come, 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 come. If you want to come, come. So, if I'm, I know that you told me this. I don't know whether I was supposed to share it, but come now. Okay, come. This is the point. We went for Calibrate. So, she, she told me that she... Okay, she had to write. We asked, we said we should write it down and make it plain. So just tell us about that experience. Oh, okay. So when we went for a retreat, um, Pastor Freddie told us to like write a letter to our younger self and to write a letter for what we want to see this year. So I only wrote from 
January to June. But keeping in mind that this was in March, but I just wrote a letter as if I was writing like on 31st of December. And in July, I was just going through my book and I was just like, everything has happened till June. And I'm just like, mm, maybe I should finish it for the next half of the year. Um, but I was just like, that's, that is powerful that I, I can read I can read my testimonies before they came and after and seeing that I, I spoke it into existence or I wrote it. I would say writing is more meditation than speaking. Mm. Thank you, Fipli. Clap for her. Yeah. But this happens all the time. What jobs do you want to see? Write it. Where do you want to be? Write it. Do you know, if God didn't think about writing things as powerful, he would not have given them a tablet of commandments. God even wrote it because he said that the secret to keeping it in your heart and seeing it because that which you write has magnetic properties. It will attract. That's what it is. So you know what, what is important? Prayer. I know that, you know, because again, we are a lot of the words that people are, and some of these people are, some people are using these godly principles, but they're not in church. But they never fail. They'll do vision board. They'll do this. Some Christians are criticizing it. No, we will not join. No, 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 join. Join. You understand? Don't be there analyzing what is not working for you. So people cannot handle this. But I can tell you for a fact, keep hopping like a church tourist. Or you come into the awareness of yourself as a child of God, carrying the life of God in you. You change your world though. This country is waiting for sons that will awaken. To create Nigeria is to do this. We script it. This land will deliver an increase. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. Righteousness exalts. This land is exalted. We de- do you speak it? God says, consign the works of my hands. You know what he said? Command ye me. God is saying, even in the things you want in your life, command me, your father, and I will do it. Because source responds. Are you putting the right seed in your heart, the right thoughts in your mind, the right words into your environment? If you say, see me, I don't know that anybody will love me. What is wrong with you? Why would you say that? If he took it, the one that loves you is greater than any lover. Speak the love into your existence. See, write it down. What is it you want to change you? Write it down, meditate on it, give it a week or a month. And I can tell you for a fact, you don't understand that this is prayer. We need to expand our understanding of prayer. Prayer is not just about when you speak in tongues. See, oh no, no. Prayer is an embodiment of all of this. Your thoughts are praying. Your feelings are praying. Your imagination is a prayer factory. Your imagination can take it. You understand? Your heart is a womb of prayer. So you're meditating on it. You're saying, beat unto me according to your words. I take it. So you can, you, can, you can craft a hit even while you are still here. You can craft an industry while you're still here. Why would you, why would, when God said, be sub, subdue the earth, replenish it, what was he saying? Was he just playing around with words? He was reading your cultural blueprints. This is who you are. Subdue the earth. Nothing should subdue you. Call the job out. You don't need to look for jobs. You create them. You don't need to look for acceptance. You already accepted in God. You, you call that acceptance. Say, I'm like the fragrance of beauty. Anyone that perceives me would come, would, would, would be drawn to the, that which you carry. Can you, un, can you begin to deconstruct your false belief system? That which tells you you're unworthy, you won't make it, you won't go far. They don't know any better. They'll never have said those things. The one who calls you by name, who named you, who knew you before you were born, says you are blessed, great, and you'll be all that he has created you to be. Don't let anxiety and fear drain you because you're believing the lies about you. Embrace the truth of God's words concerning you. Just put a hand on your chest and say, Father, I see this morning, I see. I see, I see me working in the fullness. I see my marriage. 
I see my marriage, I see my children, I see my job, I see my business killing. I see, I see, I see my ministry coming into the fruitful field. I see, I see. See, whatever you want, make it a prayer, write it down. About your, if you feel dry, speak freshness. Write it down. I see myself blooming and blossoming like the field the Lord has blessed. Speak it. Every scripture is given for your inspiration. The scripture is given to inspire change in your life. The scripture is not given to be religious about. No, no, it's beginning to interact and produce. See it. Nothing around you is permitted to die or fail. See it. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.